Welcome to Pocket Fiction by Steve Cook. Noctis Point, Chapter 35. Alex tumbled, the wind whipping past his face and tears streaming from his eyes. With a pulse of thought, he slowed his descent, then angled himself towards the lead spiders who had already reached the sykes. Their spears spat fire, and a scream went up as five students collapsed to the ground. Alex roared as he fell directly towards one of the spiders. With barely a second left before it fired again, he barreled into the alien. They tumbled over and over, ploughing a furrow into the grass until finally coming to a stop. Dizzy, Alex levered himself up onto his elbows and tasted bile. He coughed and vomited onto the grass, then looked up. Ten spiders were in a rough line a few metres away, another thirty or forty charging in from behind the main building. One of the spiders nearest the students was wearing some sort of orange and brown sash across its abdomen, and he had a huge scar down one side of his face. Beyond them, Alex could see the Sykes. The whine of carbines met the sound of explosions and gunfire, lasers burning through hard spider exoskeleton as the students engaged with their weapons. The spider with the scar turned and saw Alex. It threw its head back and howled, with two mandibles either side of its mouth flaring out, and the nearest spiders brought their weapons up and opened fire on him. With a thought, Alex willed a shield into place around himself, carbine rounds rattling onto it and falling to the ground. Gasping with effort, he heaved himself up, and the shield contracted. Flashes of light began to warp and weave across his vision, and he closed his eyes as the heavy metal rounds thudded into the hard shell of dust and air. Enough! The word was a mangled, liquid thing, but intelligible. The spiders stopped firing, and there was suddenly silence. Alex opened his eyes. The lead spider lowered his fist. You will stop, or we will kill this one. Alex looked over, and the ground lurched under him. The leader had Natasha's hair in one massive hand, and was holding her on the tips of her toes, the pointed end of his spear aimed at her throat. Her face was screwed up in agony, as the alien's thick fingers twisted and pulled. You will stop, the leader repeated. We have watched you. You are not a trained fighter. You were able to kill many of us. Many hivemates will weep on the eve of this day. His speech was stilted, his tone impenetrable. But you did not kill many of us because of skill. You are powerful and lucky. You surprised us. Now this ends, or we will kill this one, and then the next, and then the next. Alex, kill him, Natasha shouted, then gasped in pain as the spider yanked her up by her hair again. Alex looked around frantically. All was in ruin. His shield over the hole in the dome had failed. Spiders were boiling in through it, impossibly walking on the underside of its curved surface, and the air was beginning to taste different. He picked Kingly out of the crowd. He was shaking his head. Someone, a man at the back of the crowd, shouted, Kill them all, boy! Silence! The leader roared. He turned back to Alex. I will count to five. One, two... Stop! Alex blurted out. Stop, please! He looked at Natasha again, and through the pain, he could see something else in her eyes. Relief. 
tinged with disappointment. Alex lifted his hands above his head, palms upraised. Please, just don't hurt any more of us. Power without control is useless, the leader said. It flipped its spear around and pointed the barrel at Alex. Your defiance was worthy. Alex closed his hands into fists, and an explosion rocked the dome, matched by one inside his head, as the anti-psych machine erupted into flame. The world went black and white, and red around the edges, and he fell sideways. Natasha's eyes widened. Alex! she shouted. Then fury suffused her face. You bastard! A shield snapped into place around her, neatly severing the alien's arm between wrist and elbow, and she was free. With a roar, the big spider stumbled back, purplish blood gushing from the stump. His body numb and distant, Alex could only watch as the other psychs stood up and, finding their powers restored, turned on the spiders. The green-sashed ones died quickly, rocks crushing and fire burning as dozens of angry psychs took their revenge. Then they turned their attention to the troops charging down from the dome above. Natasha ran to Alex, kingly a few steps behind her, and knelt next to him. Alex's viewpoint shifted as she rested his head in her lap, and then he saw her face, tears streaming down her cheeks. Kingley was saying something, and behind him spiders were falling from the top of the dome with almost balletic grace. Warmth suffused Alex, and he closed his eyes gratefully. Ariadne fired the repulsors and lifted the shuttle free of the wrecked building. Sarah pointed down at the Sykes. There! Alex must have destroyed the device, Ariadne said, banking towards them. But we need to get everyone out of here. She cast a nervous glance up at the hold dome. This place is done for. We can't fit them all in here, Sarah said. We have to find a way. Ariadne cocked her head back towards the cargo area. Tell anyone with shuttle piloting experience to get to the shuttle bay and fire another one up. There's at least three in there we can use. Anything in the cargo area that's not bolted down, ditch it. Give the injured priority. Sarah slapped at the belt keeping her in and made her way aft as Ariadne brought them in for a landing. The Sykes were doing a creditable job of keeping the spiders at bay. Only able to come through a few at a time, they were bottlenecked at the hole and easy targets. Ariadne popped the hatch and jumped out. Everyone, get into the shuttle, she shouted. This place isn't safe anymore. She took a deep breath, suddenly finding the air thin, and shouted again. Get the injured in first! Move! Picking her way between the fleeing students, she went towards a familiar form lying on the ground. Alex was there, with two other teens sat next to him. One of them, a girl, looked up. He won't wake up! she shouted. We've got to get him into the shuttle, Ariadne said. It'll be okay, there's medics at the palace. She grabbed hold of the girl's shoulder and held her gaze. He'll be okay. The girl nodded, and the three of them lifted Alex and moved towards the shuttle. Ariadne let them take Alex the last distance and took out a small soft screen. Video, she murmured to it, and began to record the dead spiders. There's so much we don't know, she said quickly, keeping half an eye on the fleeing Sykes. These sashes, they're a recent addition. Orange for the leader, green for his... bodyguards, maybe? Same as the ones that attacked the comm station on Earth. I wish I'd been able to get that anti-psych machine for research. With a sigh, Ariadne snapped the camera off and ran towards the shuttle, where two more ships, big enough to dwarf her own, had landed, and a third blew up huge gusts of dust as it settled on the scorched grass. We can't close the hatch, Sarah said as Ariadne ran to the cockpit. The ship won't do it because we're overloaded and I can't override the safety. 
Ariadne opened the cockpit door and climbed in. Can we get anyone on the other shuttles? Maybe, Sarah said. Ariadne began to punch in the launch commands. We don't have time. She opened the hatch into the cargo area and four dozen faces, pale and smeared with dirt or worse, turned towards her. They were crammed in so tight that it was a miracle they could breathe. I need a bubble around this ship, airtight, and I need it to hold until we get to Earth. Half an hour at minimum. There was an audible percussion as the shield snapped into place, and Ariadne nodded. Don't let it drop, or we'll all die. The other three shuttles took to the air, hovering uncertainly just below the dome. We're going to have to blast our way out, someone said over the comms. The airlock's blocked by a fallen building. Anyone got any weapons? Dead air was the only response, and Ariadne scowled. She looked up at the dome. The last of the spiders were climbing into dropships that had been lowered. I don't quite get it, though, Sarah said. Why aren't we fortifying? We were winning. They'll just come in, surely, if we leave. For whatever reason, they wanted something when they came here, Ariadne said, her fingers moving over the soft screen control panel. They've basically got the base, but they're retreating, so it's not that. The only reason I can think of to retreat when you're winning is if you've got a nasty surprise planned for the other side. As she spoke, something black dropped from the enormous spider ship over the dome, neatly passing through the hole and down towards the base. Sarah pointed. What's that? Not good, Ariadne shouted, slapping frantically at the thruster controls. With a wallowing lurch, the shuttle lifted from the ground and rocketed towards the dome. Brace, she yelled, then grit her teeth and grabbed the edge of the control panel. With a hideous sound, the edge of the psych shield crashed into the dome, punching a hole clear through it and sending massive cracks in all directions. Two of the shuttles burst out behind her, the third a couple of seconds slower. At the same time, an immense light burst behind them, and then a rumbling which died away as they accelerated. Powering out of the planet's atmosphere, Ariadne just had time to aim the rear camera at Noctis Point. Only the rim of the dome was left, while inside it an expanding mushroom-shaped cloud rose slowly to meet the spider ships that still hovered above the base. A second set of explosions were erupting from a smaller, black object that spiralled away from the base. Two shuttles flanked them, the hull on one of them blackened and streaming some sort of gas. Where's the third shuttle? Sarah said. Ariadne bit her lip and pointed at the image. The flaming wreck of the third shuttle careened out of control, into a spider ship, and then down onto the surface of Mars. How many people had been on that shuttle? A hundred? Students, adults, soldiers, killed in an instant. Then their acceleration carried the image away, and the half-light drive engaged, leaving Mars behind. You've been listening to chapter 35 of my novel, Noctis Point. If you've enjoyed this episode, why not check out stevecookfiction.com, where you'll find more episodes, blogging about fiction, and short stories.